Hello and welcome to There Will Be Film. I'm Nathan Darcy Roberts. I'm here once again with Heidi Regan and Stuart Laws. And this week we're talking Mission Impossible, colon, Dead Reckoning, colon, part one. I really think they should have announced colon out loud. <laughs> Dead Reckoning colon. Dead I'm, Reckoning colon. The news is bad from your doctor. <laughs> you, have. you have to do an enema. But the guy is moving the entire time. <laughs> that would be the most like blasé like report from your doctor. Uh, Dead Reckoning. <laughs> Results are back. Dead Reckoning. Um, what did you boys think of the film? We are dum-dums and we loved it. I loved it. It made me feel like a boy. <laughs> Every time Ethan Hawke um, laid a quip or did, su- did a stunt, I just stood up and flexed my muscles like a Venice Beach muscle man. I was like, yes, masculinity. Um, well, I'm really glad you had a nice time. That makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent the whole time thinking I could do these things and then girls would like me. <laughs> Um, have you watched all of them? Yes. I actually haven't. I have only seen one and two. I saw two in the cinema when it was released. I think I was 12. So I snuck into a 15 by my friend's mum. So it was a very exciting experience. Saw none until Fallout last year. And I was like, oh, that's actually incredible. But I don't think I, I'm in that invested. Love Dead Reckoning. So now I'm going to go back and watch all of them. Great. I mean, that's very exciting for you. I'd say Mission Impossible 2 is obviously the worst of them. And um, my friend Al will be livid that I keep saying that. Is um, that the one in Australia? Yeah. So the, when the when the series started out, the intention was for it to be sort of like auteur-led, where mm. they'd get like very specific filmmakers to make each one. And so first one is De Palma, second one, Wu. And I Wu knew that. absolutely... Um, shit the bed so to speak it's bad and it was the biggest i was so excited for mission impossible 2 because the the trailer for it was incredible and then the drop-off it was like the first time in my life i'd ever experienced disappointment (laughs) (laughs) and there's your first privilege (laughs) yeah i think i was still at that stage where just the idea of seeing a film at the cinema meant it was good yeah, like, I can't remember anything about it, but I will say like it. Not only did reckoning like um, establish my love for Mission Impossible as a franchise, but I'm going to come out with my hottest take. I think it's better than Bond. Yeah, Mission Impossible is my Bond. Hundred percent, hundred percent, one hundred percent. I was about to blame or push back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't have a dog in the race, horse in the race. You can put anything you want in the race. Ah, well, acoustics. <laughs> Uh, I don't have a poo stick in the race. <laughs> They're very passive. That, yeah, that's that the vibe sort of I'm bringing right. to this. Yeah, away from bodies of water, that is a very passive instrument. Yeah, I, you... I also bowed out at number two. I All I remember about that was being excited that it was set in Australia. Mm-hmm. I was the, at that point, that was very exciting, but I then never saw another one because... And my dad is James Bond obsessed, so I was brought up on James Bond... And having James Bond theme tune cassette tape played on holidays in the car. That's and mental. a lot of James Bond in my wow. life. Which I think has deadened me to action films where there's a guy with a gun. I think that's why. I think I like Marvel because they don't have guns. And anything <laughs> where there's a guy with a gun or a car chase, I just zone out immediately. Because I'm like, they're going to get out of it. 
I, I'm no longer interested that they find a new way to have a little car going down some steps in Rome or blah, blah. I like, I just know how this ends. So I do struggle. With but it's action. happening. That's the thing. Like the plot is so irrelevant. The plot is so silly. But like, I love that it's actually happening. You're watching like great stunt work. It's like yeah. really, it's like seeing someone like just shredding a guitar. You're like, it's about the journey, not the destination. Whereas I'm like... I know that this destination ends with this woman dying to spur him on, this woman surviving mm. for now to die in the next one to spur <laughs> him on. Are you accusing <laughs> Mission Impossible of fridging everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just guessing, but yeah. For you, it's exclusively about the destination, and the destination has to be Australia. After yeah. that, you'll bow out. <laughs> destination has to be Australia with women surviving. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I want women to live in Australia. <laughs> I think I love that. I think I, again, I've not seen all of them, but I do feel like the um, it is like a Greek tragedy where Ethan Hunt is like a Midas, and like any woman that he loves is doomed to die. It's also funny you should say Greek tragedy because one of my first notes was that the bit where the um, or the FBI or whatever they are, CIA, are explaining the entity in the mm. very start to the guy. I was like laugh, giggling, going, I like how they've given them like a Greek chorus where they're all <laughs> taking yeah. turns. I was yeah. like, did they rehearse this outside in the corridor <laughs> and go, you save that bit, then I'll come in with this bit. Because no one would brief so succinctly. <laughs> no, that, no it, it, it feels like an Edinburgh sketch group that's like yeah. over-rehearsed. That they've yeah. all wanted their bit on yeah, the stage. Yeah. They all stand in a line like an improv troupe and step forward to deliver yeah. a line and come back. <laughs> And it's so distracting. It's um, Mark Gates and I think Indira Varma. So like, we've got two Brits, but let's and get Rob two Americans Delaney. and Delaney as well. Like, yeah. you can tell it's shot here. Yeah, that is. It, I liked uh, having Rob Delaney in it. That got my excitement. Actually, good for you. That's a good yeah. get. Yeah. yeah, it's a good get. But isn't it also? There's a part of me that was like, that's Rob Delaney. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I can't wait. This guy is hilarious. I can't wait for him to say something. Oh, he's saying quite serious stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was imagining him giggling when they like saying something yeah. clever when they cut. <laughs> I I will say I'm like talking about action films in general within that genre. I think this was a very good action film, mm. and it was all done very well. I just it still didn't make me really care, mm. but. This yeah. was my joint third favourite Mission Impossible film and it could be bumped up if part two is very good and I feel I, I felt like it lack it needs the context of part two to make some of it make a bit more sense. Do you think people, like you know how they keep saying Tom Cruise is keeping cinema alive with things like these, do people care, a lot of people care, like it's just as soon as something becomes number three, four, five, six, I'm like who's... I bow out immediately because I'm like, obviously this is just going to be like the last one with a few well, bigger pieces. Five that sort of like kicked it up a slight notch, but Fallout number six was so good and it sort of has, it's absolutely sort of heightened all the expectation for it. So I think one and two were like good successes, but then there was such a gap to three and it sort of, I think it suffered in, comparison just because of how bad mi2 was so loads of people went to see mi2 mm. and then it was like well that's bad and it took a while to then make a new one and it's and like the fast it, movies it's like 
it kind of worked out what it was, I feel, halfway through. And like, yeah. like Fast Five, everyone's like, okay, they know what this is now. It's silly. And it's like, ever forgot the first half of the franchise and is now completely invested in this new trajectory. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I, Fallout's the best, obviously, but um, three is my second favorite, and that's the J.J. Abrams one. What do you like about the Mission Impossible franchise, especially compared to Bond? It's Tom Cruise, really. It's, he's it, a very good actor. Is he's that, a very good actor. Yeah. <laughs> he's very good. Well done. <laughs> it's the intensity of Ethan Hunt's character mm. that, and like that sort of like dead-eyed, he is going to do all of these things. And I, I like that it has... You know what Bond sort of tried to get further and further away from? It was Bond is either so stupid and silly or it's so attempting to not be stupid and silly. Yeah. Whereas Mission Impossible rides that sort of line of just like in this scene where it has that scene where like the IMF, what the International Monetary Fund, no, the what? The Impossible Mission Force, what? That sort <laughs> yeah. of like yeah. acknowledgement of its intrinsic silliness, but also taking it all very, like the stunt work and everything like that very seriously. I think it's, I think, yeah, it's just I, so much fun. Yeah, like Ethan Hunt is more fallible, I think. He's not this like superhero, really. Like, and... Yeah, like, I think you could get away with having the villain called The Entity in a Mission Impossible film. You could in a James Bond film. I think that would seem way too silly within that world. You wouldn't buy it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was going to ask how you felt about The Entity. On it's the fence. Difficult to know without part two. I know. I was going to say, because I realised at the start when they had The Entity giving a riddle <laughs> like it was Die Hard 3. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're making The Entity into this, like, <laughs> but then The Entity basically disappeared. But I guess that's The Entity will have a hopefully more well, my big worry of a vibe. Was, in my big two. worry is that Pom Clementif, who I think was great in this, was going to be The Entity as like a human like, uh, like Wizard of Oz. T-1000, yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I created this cyborg and I'm actually the entity in human form. Yeah. So I was just really anticipating like, that rug pull and the fact that didn't come and hopefully won't come, I was like, okay, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. How do you feel, Heidi, about the fact that the entity is basically doing what Doctor Strange does in uh, Infinity War, where calculates all calculates, of the variables? And um, I thought that they kept giving nods to stuff like that without then... Like they go, my favorite bit was when they were going, this entity, immediately they're like, he knows you better than you know yourself, blah, blah. And I was like, I want to see the proof of that. And I want it to also just be like a Facebook algorithm where the entity's going, I know what you desire, Ethan, the washing machine that you picked up <laughs> online three days ago. Here's an advert for it. <laughs> like when their machine breaks the face maker machine, they start getting pop-up ads for new ones. Yeah. <laughs> And then they get a new one and they're like, why are you still showing me the ads entity? And it's like, it's all that you desire. <laughs> all the masks have adverts on the cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> and also just like keeps showing uh, news articles that knows will make them angry. And <laughs> go, you yeah. must engage. <laughs> SJW gets owned at Oxford Union. <laughs> In the middle of a chase, Ethan's like, I gotta read this. Oh, they piss me off so much. That's what they should do. You know, like with the glasses, they should just fill up with pop-ups constantly. That's how like they can't operate anymore. Like, I can't yeah, see. Yeah. It's just, it's, there's like, a, a slightly singles in my area. That's all I'm seeing right now. <laughs> Also, um, whenever I know this would have been pointed out a billion times, but only struck me on the train when, um, if Ethan 
hunt plays other men, like henchmen with the mask, mm. do people notice the height change? <laughs> or did it just go like... Well, and their teeth shift and yeah. everything, yeah. <laughs> well, that's true with um, uh, Vanessa Kirby when Hayley Atwell's put but like her eyes are brown. So, like, no one is... I mean, I think there's a pretty like what my take was that is like a real comment on men. It's like men, uh, this you don't notice anything. You wouldn't notice the color of Vanessa Kirby's eyes. They're two in their own heads. But yeah. Like she's got pretty striking, stark blue eyes. I think yeah. you'd notice. Have I ever told you on my wedding day, uh, Harriet Here said, "What color are Cat's <laughs> eyes?" And I said, um, "I know this because I've had this question before and asked her. They're blue." And then I was like, are they? And I turned to Kat and went, your eyes are blue, right? And she said, no, they're like greeny, grey, blue. And I looked straight at them and I went, oh, yeah. And then Kat went, are you joking? <laughs> I was joking. And I was like, I'm staring at the eyes and I can't tell oh what God. colour they are. Why well, as a colourblind person, it, 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 I don't store that information. Like, You're colourblind, did you say? Oh, really? Yeah. So I do, like colour I just don't store as like a thing that when I'm like, remembering stuff color is not is so low down the list that my brain doesn't store any of that information really yeah yeah i remember you saying that a lot around the black lives matter protests about how, like <laughs> color is just completely irrelevant yeah to you. yeah no i see that color. <laughs> <laughs> that's your essence you don't know that my eyes are demon red <laughs> i i assumed, assumed they were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i use context clues to put that together <laughs> Um, I also, when I watch these, the thing I enjoy with these action films, as in I was still, like, entertained, it's just I'm, like, it's, I'm not that invested. Yes. I can switch, I could switch it off any moment kind of thing, but. It's a one that stand for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Don't Um, fall in love with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the thing that I always think when I'm watching them, I just get so distracted thinking how much I would not cope in that world. Like, every time they'd go to Hayley Atwell, Stop the train. You'll figure it out. I'm like, I just want a movie where I'm the sidekick and it keeps ending every two minutes because <laughs> I'm just like, no, no, I couldn't. I didn't I didn't have it in me. Nothing came up from within. I, the train crashed. <laughs> I couldn't figure out the actual lock to get in the toilet cubicle to get changed into. It wasn't even high stakes at this point. I just got yeah. stuck in the toilet. It was very early on when I bailed out. <laughs> yeah. It's just you reading the train manual as it goes over. Over the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> calling my, I wrote a thriller script once based on the main character calling her dad from the office to ask how to find files, like read bank files, because they're always <laughs> like, we need the files here. It's like, how well, How do you find files in someone else's filing system? They need weeks of training. <laughs> it's just like the close-up on the computer as you, like the mouse goes straight over to help. Yeah, just- yeah. <laughs> How when well, when they have um Simon Pegg directing him, saying like go left now and all that in the airport, and yeah. like every argument me and Kat have ever had is based in the car when I'm reading the Google Maps and I'm sure it's the next left, but the way it moves ahead of yeah the, yeah like, yeah, I always go. It's this one. Oh, no, I always go, it's the next one. And then just as we pass it, I go, oh, it was that one. And that would be <laughs> me every time going at the airport. Just, Ethan, he's to your left. No. Oh no, he's he passed him. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Give me a minute. It's, it's recalibrating. It's recalibrating. I'm I, trying, Ethan. <laughs> but the, it always makes me laugh. Like it did with Fallout. And it did with this. We're like, because I always forget that second billing in the Mission Impossible franchise is Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg. 
Yeah. So weird. It's like, Tom Cruise. Also, Ving Rames and Simon Pegg. They're still working. Yeah, yeah. So never think about Ving Rames outside of this franchise. No, that's true now. Yeah. Um, that's a thought that I, I was chatting with someone. Why not Benji or... Um, I forgot what Ving Rhames' character is called now. I thought his character was called Ving Rhames. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Benji should have been the one to die. Mm. Is that Simon Pegg? If a character in this, yeah, was to die, and there's no spoilers, I it mean, should have been Benji. I mean, surely he's going to die in the next one, right? Yeah, I just, as you were saying about, like, women, uh it was a good chance to sort of have not a woman die. I know all these women have died. It's been completely disposable. But now a man's died. This is very significant. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. really care. Because this one is a friend and the other <laughs> is, it's it's a woman. And we don't know actually if they are going out or they're romantic because they don't kiss in any way. And there's something weirdly asexual about all of his relationships. Are mm. they? Yeah, it, it, in all of them, you sort of there's very few where he's actually like proper tongue in them, going at you know root in them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's weirdly that's what Mission Impossible Three does, and that's what Mission Impossible Three changed the the franchise and introduced this sort of bigger team sort of network thing to it because it was JJ Abrams coming off the back of doing Alias, which is very much like a spy TV series about family and spying at the same time mm. and he sort of tried to introduce that element to mission impossible franchise which then followed through to fallout where his wife was in it at the end and there was that recurring sort of stuff to Is do that with her who gabriel killed no now that was annoying to me i wanted that flashback to be from mission impossible one and it was shot like it was happening in prague was it the start of mission impossible one and I was like, oh, this is going to be where they retcon Gabriel mm. back into the original film or something like that. As like, But it, it wasn't. Also, one we think about sort of Ethan Hunt as like a romantic character, I think this is like Tom Cruise in general. It's like, yeah, there isn't anything sexual about them. I feel like Ethan Hunt and same in um, Top Gun, they seem like characters who have sex with their T-shirt on or like. In Top Gun, where there's that, you see him in bed with uh, Jennifer Connolly. I feel like they haven't had sex. They've ju- he's like stayed over, and he's just now in love with her. He's like that yes. kind of guy. He's like she let me stay the night. I think I've met the one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She's put her eggs up on a leaf, and then he's come on the leaf, and that's and that's how Tom Cruise reproduces. <laughs> <laughs> they should retcon that back in. <laughs> Um, I had a joke that now the time has passed, but I'm still going to say it. It was, um, should the next one be called Mission Impossible 8, colon, proper tongue in. (laughs) (laughs) Part three. Part six Colon, proper tongue in, colon. (laughs) Now, uh, what were your uh, set piece highlights from this film? The The run chase. Yeah. I knew you'd say that. And yeah. That was a bit where I was like, this is why I tire in these. No pun intended. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> I thought that was genuinely mind blowing. That was so good. It was and so well done. Jennifer- and the comedy elements and the and and, mm. and introducing the handcuffing element to the car chase. The comedy of them trying to work that new car. 
yeah. and not doing any Marvel zingers, just all on Tom Cruise's eyes. And he Hayley was Atwell's very good eyes. at the comedy acting with that, I thought. Yeah. Both of them were. And I think within what the framework is, it was very well done. It just made me also think of Bourne's, Bourne Identity when they're in the little car going yeah, through. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, I've already seen this, so I'm already not interested. Uh, but was, There's only so many ca- things you can do to Looney make Tunes a car, car chase, chase. fun. Yeah. And, in, and I think I'm just... Like, I didn't like Mad Max, which everyone is appalled by, and I think it's because how much it was in right. cars. <laughs> <laughs> I think I maybe just hate cars. Was I think it the last franchise. Yeah. I have not watched it. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> when we drove to that gig in Cardiff, mm-hmm. I didn't to get out of the car. The Scrabbling at the window. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't interesting. <laughs> we on the motorway, Heidi. Stop it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, also, I missed why the final scene had to be on a train and things like whenever they do the bit where it's like, the next part of the plan is we do this, I go, oh, I just like so now to get to the next bit. Oh, so you don't what... like the action? The action's going on for too long if it's in a car. You don't like the exposition part to be like, we're going to do this deal on a train. Yeah, I you just would... like the emotions and there were, aren't many. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's why I like Marvel because they some they know how they keep my attention with jokes and dynamics of groups and all that stuff. And then if they have too much fighting, I zone out. You like okay. to know that they're just in a warehouse somewhere and there's actually no physical stakes for anyone involved. Oh, I would love yeah. one where it's yeah, no physical dragger. stakes. <laughs> um, I very much loved the uh, the visual gag of Tom Cruise smashing through the train carriage, having done the the sky dive. Mm. Yeah, that was funny. And then him looking super concussed. Yeah, that was good. Great. Just Tom Cruise, this is the thing about Ethan Hunt. His character, he doesn't, he's not like coming through and then immediately doing a a move. He's like, fuck, something bad has just happened. What's going on? I think that that was one of the best bits. I think, and oh, and he did have a pretty quick recovery from um, <laughs> smashing through a train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it's like, we, all right, we've done twenty seconds of him looking yeah. concussed. Now he's back to. I got the key. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, it's like in a video game. He just has to rest against the wall for like five seconds, and his health bars replenished in yeah, full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's ready. But I love that. I mean, the ending is basic. I don't know if you've ever played the Uncharted games. I think the final act was just the start of Uncharted Two. I think when you just climb yeah. the side of a train. But done uh, well. But done really well. What do you think of my only issue with the film is I don't think Gabriel is a good villain. I think and his... Mission Impossible's repeated issue is that they struggle with good villains. Well, Sean Harris was good. He's a, he's, a, he's a great actor. Yeah, but I would say he only got good. I, I'd say in Rogue Nation, he's not even that great. Oh, really? It's, it's in six that he does get better. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman in three is the main good villain of the entire series where you mm. absolutely buy that he's a psychopath and will do anything. And that's what I wanted from Gabriel is an, a, a much more like psychopathic element mm. where like he deliberately does something, you know, to, you, you know, where the scene where the, the, uh, the fridging happens is like, well, he has to kill this person because they are engaged in a fight. There's nothing like, psychopathic about it and at all points he just seems so calm like he could have killed any of the henchmen at any point or anything like that as like a display and i know he tries to with that character his his sidekick at one point but i was confused even by what was why he'd been brought into it and what his motivation and i know they debated all that and i was like i'll i'm hoping will tell me (laughs) dead reckoning 2 will solve some of that but i'm not sure it will 
But I love how they do that in action films. Like they defeat this was like, this is your most um this the villain you've got got to go up against in this film is the one that you've got the most history of. And they defeat them in the next one, you're like, I know we thought we're up against your most significant foe. Yeah. But do you remember this guy with all university forgotten? He's back now. And you're like, Whoa. Oh yeah, he's he's my even bigger enemy. Well, I will say he did have my favourite moment of Ether. What a I, moment. All films should have that. That's the one thing. We'll talk about it later in the pod. But like, um, that's what I felt was missing from Oppenheimer. I just wanted one moment where someone was like, Oppenheimer! And cut. <laughs> <laughs> who, when did, who said Ethan? When was that? Gabriel was on the back of the truck. This is his last scene. When he finds out oh, he switched out the yeah, key. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan! I have, I have one <laughs> final uh, set piece uh, thing I want to say that I, again, I'm sure has been said a million times. But the level... They of conversation audio they were able to have in a nightclub is distractingly unrealistic. <laughs> when people are in a nightclub and they just turn and go, Hello, Mr. Hunt. I'm like, No, make it realistic. That would be such a memorable scene if they go, What? <laughs> Especially because he is now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of yeah. his hearing range is gone. So. <laughs> Imagine how funny that would be if the whole thing was just the hint going like, Take him, and then the henchman going, what? <laughs> so close, he gets punched in the head, and <laughs> like people constantly trying to speak to them, like you're having a good night. Yeah, yeah. we're doing a thing here. Oh yeah, I also wrote, I wrote down that I wanted um that like incels or people who get angry when they're rejected in a nightclub. We should just let them get them to think that maybe they're interrupting an international espionage. <laughs> she she's not saying go away because she doesn't like you. It's because she's about to make contact with her yeah. MI5 yeah. guy. It's Although then they might keep trying. It's because actually underneath that beautiful face is Tom Cruise and you don't want to <laughs> be with her. <them>. What? <laughs> uh, shall we do our top three cruises of all time to round off the pot? Mm. What? Um, the Greek islands. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying so hard to think quickly think of a cruise. Where do people cruise? <laughs> that made you knock your whole camera. I know, that was worrying. So That's close. <laughs> um I mean Fallout probably is number one, Top Gun two, number number two. Top Gun two? This oh the latest one. And then uh oh it's difficult then, isn't it? I think it's a clear, clear one that's being missed off the list. <laughs> Is it Rain Man? Yeah, Rain Man, maybe. Rain Man. Rain, the Rain Man. <laughs> go in on, my, Nathan. Oh, so, oh, I know my top one. Oh, sorry. sorry in descending sorry. order, I'm going to go three. In terms, of, in terms of performance, I think I love uh, Fallout, number three. Two, Collateral. One, right up there, Frank TJ Mackey, Magnolia. Say them again. Sorry, it was a bit... Cu- Fallout, Collateral, Magnolia. What's Fallout? I have seen Collateral. What's Fallout? Is that Mission what we just watched? Last Mission Okay, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> After <Collateral> all is... <laughs> this. After all this. What's what the this? hell is Fallout? <laughs> International Monetary Fund? <laughs> That's like, I did a sky for you. Like, who's James? <laughs> oh, I do stuff like that. Um, collateral is very good. I did. Yeah, collateral I was impressed by it. And he yeah. was really good in that. Um, I know my top one. Oh, wait. I'll do from the bottom. Now we're here. Oh. Uh, hmm. I don't know if I'm picking them based on his performance or just I like the film. I'm going to go with um, Collateral, very good performance. But I'm for number three, <gasps> Tropic Thunder. Oh. 
And then, oh, what was number two? Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You got real Benji vibes at the moment. Oh, number two, Minority Report. Great. Mm. But number one, which I feel strongly on as a film, and it is an action film that impressed me, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, my God, he's done so many good films. That was an action film where it had so much more of the relationship and the emotion and time travel. I was sold. Yeah, Yeah. I've watched that several times. One of the sexiest moments in film. Is it when Emily Blunt's fighting and he comes in? Um, no. Yeah, and she does that sort of she like that little yoga move and sort of like, oh my god! Mm. <laughs> also, like I will say, I it really caught me off guard. Maverick and this did it. Like the ending, I found really moving. That like before sunrise, just cold cut when he mm. sees her again. Is I mean I can't remember it now. Like he. F- do they meet each other again and he he remembers and she he, doesn't? He or? wakes up in, in um, uh, Gobbler's Knob and the music's playing. What's Gobbler's Knob? <laughs> <laughs> it's from Groundhog Day. <laughs> Punks are tawny. Okay, now I'll laugh at that. I was first yeah, laughing yeah. at the word Gobbler's we'll Knob. Laugh, yeah. <laughs> so this is our episode on Mission Impossible, colon, Dead Reckoning, colon, part one, colon, part one. And we'll be back in one year's time to talk about Mission Impossible Codon, Dead Reckoning Codon Part 2. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.